We're broadcasting live from St. Andrew's Church in Brainerd, Minnesota. I'm Deacon Dan Goshi. We've got Father Daniel Weiske and most Mr. Dan Johnson, three Dans deep for uh, what they're referring to in, in this is just uh, uh, host banter. Host banter? Yeah. What are you talking about? That's, that's not a very exciting title, but anyway. Oh, come um, on. Before we head into this segment, I do want to invite you to visit our website, realpresenceradio.com, for even more great content. You can listen to uh, programming from your local area. You can find a, po- a podcast if you missed one. And uh, one of the daily shows there, you can submit a prayer intention. Be sure and check that out, realpresenceradio.com. Well, there is so much to talk there about. There is so much. We're going to need more than the 28 minutes they've allotted. Well, you know, we usually do. But And this is a podcast you're going to want to download. <laughs> oh, boy, but will they ever. Dan Johnson, this well, welcome back. Ready. So good. You know, they have been wanting you back for so long. There's been a lot of phone calls. It's like the second coming. Or is it the third? <laughs> is yeah. it the third coming? When's Dan coming back? <laughs> I wish I would have wore boots today. <laughs> now, well... I wish you wore a bag over your head. What are you, <laughs> sandals? Can't oh, have everything. sandals. That's right. We can't. We usually it. talk about footwear on this. Are segment. you doing sandals? Yeah. Oh. yeah, and I, I'm actually experiencing a pinched nerve in both of my big toes because mm-hmm. uh, oh, right? I've been doing some construction work and I've been stepping on rocks. Uh-huh. And um, this is one big toe on each foot. I just want to understand. That's correct. Okay. One big toe okay. on each foot. Yeah. I just didn't know if you were. It doesn't look when you actually look at made. them. It looks like it might be a few big toes, but it's actually yeah, it's just, just one, one on each right. foot. Yeah. And again, I was saying you are like. A messiah figure. You are you wearing sandals like Jesus? Wow. So we see we see your similarity. Yes. But uh, by the way, Dan is another one with nice one of those tunic. journeys. If you remember, if you heard from him before, he's a, he's what we call a seminary washout. Mm-hmm. Father, don't I, do that. I didn't make it. No, yeah, don't go there. Cut the grade. Here's the thing about that. I I asked, and I and we're going to arrange this. I believe for next month when we're together. I want to speak to. Men who were in the seminary and discerned mm. out, oh. because um, that, there's a period of time that's really tough, you know, for for people. And mm-hmm. uh, when when you know uh, the esteemed Father Daniel Weiske, and I'll give you the address to write your letters soon. Who did not drop out? Who did not drop out refers to others as a washout. Not I others, mean, just one. Just one just guy. One. Oh, okay. Yeah. Never mind. Oh, then that's it's accurate. Right. Never mind. <laughs> but I say it because I am extremely grateful that, I mean, if he wasn't being we called, so I'm glad pleased. that he ended up where he did. He followed God, the vocation God had in mind for him, and that's what the beauty is. I mean, and his lovely wife mm-hmm. works at the same place that he does, right. and they're missionaries, yeah. you know, here, yeah. so to speak, and, you know, what could be better? So yeah. She's probably not as excited about being right across the hall from me as I am about. <laughs> Maybe you're more of a wash That's... up than a wash out. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. It's a good, it's a good yes. move. <laughs> I mean, with the extra toe and all. Okay. Well, no, but it's perfect because, well, go ahead, Dan. The, I would say the good news is um, I'm 46 years old and... I would have guessed more. <laughs> That's, I've got, what do you tell me? I've got a face for radio? Something... <laughs> Something along those lines. Something. Um, but I, I would say, so I've been here for se- seven or eight years uh, in this capacity working. Seven years in, in this capacity, seven, yeah. Seven years. Uh, cleaning toilets for a year prior to that and right. cutting grass at the church. That and our previous sort of guest was talking about that, yeah. too. Mm, yeah. you got to love it. A maintenance, maintenance. That's a vocation, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say it's, uh, I've never been more satisfied, fulfilled, and happy uh, in what I'm doing, I can't. I actually, I can't imagine doing anything else. Um, 
but the discernment process also i my hats off to guys that uh, or or ladies that are discerning uh, vocation cuz it's a uh, well i'm so glad that i'm settled in where i'm at cuz the discernment process uh, some guys archbishop fulton sheen said from the time he was like 4 or 5 years old he knew that he wanted to be a priest and mm-hmm. that was it mm-hmm. um i was not one of those by any stretch wasn't even on the radar for me mm-hmm. um but there and there are some guys that uh, and ladies that from an early age know this is i think this is what i what the lord wants me to do and it's what i want to do um i was not that um it was much more much more painful process mm-hmm. but yeah. i would i would not trade any of it even the 2 years of uh being uh information in seminary i wouldn't trade any of it no so it's good it's good how about that for banter that's pretty good well we're on the theme of vocation it says host banter i'm not sure if he qualifies as a host uh, you could just be quiet here so father and i can talk you could mute me for the (laughs) remainder of this time well they bolded three names they did his name yeah i guess he's a host of this segment Mm. i guess technically i'm sorry no, I am too. <laughs> <laughs> but we're talking about the circuitous ways the Lord calls us, mm-hmm. different mm-hmm. challenges in the journey. And so that's one, is like you said, entering or exiting uh, discernment, you mm-hmm. know, in seminary in this case. And, um, you know, I guess that's interesting, actually, to think about when you transitioned out of seminary. Uh, that was a call, too. It, and what did you do? Um. Well, I, I told people that I was leaving seminary to sell cigarettes, gas, and booze. That's a, that's a true story. Um, that's what you told people. But I probably... Well, that's not I, why you left. <laughs> no, I just felt so called to the cigarettes, <laughs> gas, and booze. I just Wild horses couldn't have kept yeah, me right. from it. So the uh, prior to going into seminary, I, was, I still was on the fence about, ah, I don't know if I can go into the seminary or not. So I asked the Diocese of Duluth if I could do a pastoral year. And a pastoral year is simply where you you basically live with a priest and you're like his shadow, so you can see, like, this is what diocesan priesthood looks like, for example. So I asked the Diocese of Duluth if I could do that, because it's not their normal practice of having guys do a pastoral year. Some dioceses do that. Please tell me that's not where you got the idea for cigarettes and booze. Uh, It's precisely, (laughs) yeah, it's where it came from, the inspiration. (laughs) I was not here then? Oh, okay, good. So, so, um... I don't even know. What was I talking about? You were talking about your, your uh, year of uh, Oh, yes, the pastoral year. year. Yes. So um, they said, we are going to, yes, we, you can do that, and we're going to send you to Brainerd, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, so I moved into the rectory with Father Tony Brblevsky, uh, who's the pastor of four or five, whatever it was at the time. Five, I think. Five um, uh, churches here in Brainerd. And... He basically he had me teach fifth, seventh, and eighth grade religion uh, once a week at St. Francis School. Uh, I had a confirmation class of eleventh grade uh, high school students uh, preparing for confirmation, and then I also had a special special with air quotes everybody um, uh, RCAA class. So there were three adults that could not um, do the Tuesday evening routine, and so yeah, I said yeah, I'll do Monday night. I'll give up Monday night football. What? Yeah, no, I didn't. I told them we actually watched football for the. Oh, okay. That so was good. yeah, they none of them. They've all left the church now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. We did not watch football. We we actually did some. I to be honest with you, it's amazing to me that I think all three of them are still practicing the Catholic faith, <laughs> and this was my first whack at it. Mm. So where does the cigarettes, gas, and booze come in here? That's well, what I wonder. <clears throat> that's a great question. I'm glad you asked. Mm. Um, 
one of the gentlemen that came into the church that year uh, happens to own now what seems like half the gas stations in Brainerd mm-hmm. uh, uh, with liquor stores uh, attached as well. And so he, he actually, I was basically his teacher for RCA for that year before he came into the church. I got to know him quite well. And when I left seminary, I, I had spent that year in Brainerd doing these things, and I loved it. In fact, when I, when I left Brainerd to go to seminary, I, was, I told the Lord, I would do this the rest of my life. But I also have this unresolved issue of whether you're calling me to the priesthood or not. So I went to the seminary. Uh, for two years and discerned with the help of my spiritual director um, that I should probably leave. He actually told me, he recommended that I try to find work in the church. And he said, I think that you have gifts that would be well suited Mm -hmm. uh, to working in the church. So in obedience, what did I do? I came back and sold cigarettes, gas, and booze. So so I was... uh, uh, I would say very privileged that I was able to find something to do for work, and then I also worked. So I did that, the selling cigarettes, gas, and booze, uh, full-time, but then I also worked part-time in the church as the maintenance guy. So literally cutting the grass, cleaning the toilets, vacuuming the church, uh, polishing the brass on the doors at St. Francis. I do not recommend that job for anybody. <laughs> that is one of the worst jobs I've ever done. Because um, every Sunday people come and mess it up, you mm-hmm. know? <laughs> Yeah, we should put ropes around the church to keep people from <laughs> coming in and messing things up here. <laughs> that's where we have so, dull, faded, black metal bars. That's, that's right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I did that for uh, about a year. Right. So one of the people that you helped come into the faith said, well, you're, you're in need of work here. Come work at the front de- at mm-hmm. the counter. Yes. Okay. Yep. And then you got your maintenance job doing the toilets and the grass at yep. the church, which then... You gave that all up. I did. It was it was a tough decision, but uh, so the I don't know if I mentioned this the last time. So I did this job, the the cigarettes, gas, and booze, and the maintenance at the church for I think it was roughly a year, and then this position opened up. Okay, uh, where there was interviewing taking place uh, for th- I think three different positions, mm-hmm. and the I applied for the adult faith formation position, and then I get to the interview, and what they offer me. Uh, was RCIA, which is adult faith formation, mm-hmm. but they also offered high school faith formation. Mm-hmm. And I honest, honestly, my thoughts were, I was, I was interiorly angry that I was offered the high school position. Mm-hmm. Because at the time, I would have told you that, I wouldn't have said this in my out loud voice, but I would have said, I hate teenagers. Mm-hmm. Why? Mm-hmm. Why on earth would they do this mm-hmm. to me? Mm-hmm. And... Um, I am so thankful that they did this. Uh, I spent two days. I think they gave me two days to uh, give a response on, okay, do you want to accept the position or not? So I basically spent two days stewing, pouting, kicking the dirt, uh, angry with God, that why would you? Why would they offer me this teenager? I, I don't like teenagers. And uh, so after two days, uh, I did not say, oh, God, in your magnificent providence, I know that you know my heart better than me. I reluctantly and kind of angrily said, yes, I'll take it. And uh, so, um, yeah, well, that's kind of the, <laughs> the truth of my heart. <laughs> fairly, fairly corrupt and bent most of the time. But, um, <laughs> so, but fast forward, it took me probably two Two to three in the two to three year range uh, before I got to the point, especially with the teenagers. I loved RCA right from the beginning, mm-hmm. but with the teenagers, within the, it was like the second or third year. In particular, I was reading a book on youth ministry, and uh, it said that the 
standoffish nature that teenagers sometimes can have uh, is not, most of the time, it's not the way that they feel about you. It's actually the way they feel about themselves. Mm-hmm. When I read that, it changed everything. Because mm-hmm. then I looked at these kids that I was like, man, I'd like to, I just want you to shut up for just a few minutes. Like, that's what you might think interiorly. I remember it. And I realized they're, <laughs> <laughs> then I, you realize that you're dealing with a wounded individual. Yeah. Uh, who doesn't even like themselves, and it completely changed it. And mm-hmm. I don't know why, um, but I love, um, I actually love the teenager uh, portion of this job mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't, and it's one of those things to me, this, it's evidence that this is, God is the one that chose this, because I wouldn't have chosen it for myself. And so much of the time, we we honestly, we don't even know what we really want anyways. Right. And this is one of the best examples in my own life of just a, I had, I don't know what I want, mm-hmm. and just take what God gives and say, oh, wow, it's almost as if you made me uh, <laughs> this way. <laughs> what a coincidence. So. But that path, that is fascinating that there's that path. You spent the year here, you asked to do a year before going to actual seminary mm-hmm. just to get a sense of if you wanted to pursue that. They put you right here. You did these things that you came to love. I would do this. I would do this all my life, Lord. And I've never made that connection before. The, even, even the precursor to being sent here as mm-hmm. p- potentially laying the groundwork mm-hmm. for what, mm-hmm. was, oh, what yeah. was to come. Hmm. Mm. Kind of thick then, aren't you, if you didn't see that? <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> I, mean, I, my am, goodness. I am one of the slower ones probably that's still breathing right now. You're, you really never saw that, huh? <laughs> wow, oh. I'll be darned. <laughs> it, it took me, I'm not kidding you, probably three years to recognize when I came back and was doing this mm-hmm. position, I was like, Lord, you brought me back to the same thing I was doing before, basically. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. I've always been slow. <laughs> <laughs> well, <clears throat> that helps you relate to people like Deacon Dan That's and me <laughs> mm-hmm. and, uh, and well, all the rest of us. There's life's pressure when you're not leading the pack, you know? Yeah, um, that's true. So that's true. relatively carefree. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. Okay. Well, we've got, uh, I'm, I'm Deacon Dan Goshi, Father Daniel Weiske, and uh, we've also got uh, the most Mr. Dan Johnson, uh, who is with us as well, as we're just kind of talking about whatever we feel like here for a little bit longer. We'll take a short break, come back, and uh, have more discussion on Real Presence Live. The Lord's ways are mysterious. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. S.J. Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides quality machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, S.J. Machine strives to understand and meet your production needs. Prototype to production, working together towards success. SJ Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. The world is changing fast and needs problem solvers and critical thinkers. Right here in your backyard, Not Marty believes every student has the potential to serve the world and make a difference. We will help you obtain a degree that prepares you for success by exploring your talents and passion. Our community goes above and beyond to help each student feel at home, surrounded by love and support. We can't wait for you to see what's possible, and we hope the future brings you here, close to home, at mountmarty.edu. In today's crowded higher education field, there's one university whose quality and personal care stands out from the crowd, the University of Mary. 
The University of Mary offers truly affordable, flexible adult education because your success is our priority. Here, you matter, and we're with you every step of the way to make sure you succeed. Choose a university community that cares about you as a student for life. Discover us at online.umary.edu slash discovermary. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Broadcasting from St. Andrew's Parish Church in Brainerd, Minnesota, I'm Deacon Dan Goshi, along with Father Daniel Weiske, your hosts, and also Dan Johnson is joining us as well as we just kind of, I just have to say, if you spent some time, you know, not listening live, but you've downloaded this podcast, I am so sorry. For the time, for the time, you'll never get back in your life. <laughs> but you know, sometimes that wasted time can prove to be um, no such thing, is there? Oh no, yeah. no. By the way, Dan, I don't know if we if it, did we talk about officially what your work is here. Do people know? He yeah, uh, well, adult and high school faith yeah, formation. Yeah, yeah, adult and high school faith formation. So and he's been right here at uh, St. Andrews. St. Matthias, St. Francis, Saint and all Francis. saints. Four so the, parishes together. The, okay. Yeah. Good. Well done. Absolutely. For years yes, now. Thank you. For years mm-hmm. and years. Starting um, to get good at it. Another circuitous journey. The ups and downs, the uh, uncertainties of the path following the Lord. You know, one thing, uh, I was just looking at this uh, story. It's in the Magnificat today about a saint, uh, St. Francis Borgia. Just seeing the family connections and the, the difficulties in life. Check this out. Uh, similar to Dan, he had corrupt family no, just, no, just, just kidding um, Francis was born of the wealthy Borgia family mm-hmm. uh, one, of his, one grandfather was a king But you know, one of his great-grandfathers was that infamous, the corrupt Pope Alexander VI, mm. Borgia And how about that? Even that family, they're interesting Don't assume something because of someone's family mm. um, Don't assume who they are or what they're like uh, but Francis married well. Check this out. Francis became a priest, but check check this out. He was married and married well and served at the Spanish court. His presence at the unhappy death of the Empress Isabella provoked a conversion when he was 29. So death entered uh, his life and it provoked a conversion. Hmm. And then a few years later, his wife died. Uh, and if you know Dan's story, Dan Johnson's story, you know from past show that he also experienced that, that very uh, tragic type of loss. Uh, but within a few years, St. Francis Borgia retired to devote his time to prayer, family, and eventually he became a Jesuit. And uh, he wanted silence, but he was called out of that because he had all these connections and he had administrative skills. He was put basically in high-level positions with the Jesuits and became the head of the Jesuits for a while. Um, so, interesting story. Another person with twists and turns in their story is Saint that's featured in this little article. So many people, it's not a, a clear, straight path, you know, to follow the Lord or to their vocation as a priest or sister or whatever, or as a deacon, mm-hmm. or as a faith formation director, you know. But uh, St. John Vianney, too, we had yesterday, he also, check this out, 
Check now, he wasn't out. a janitor. Check it out. As far as I know, he wasn't a janitor. But mm. there was this quote uh, in his Maybe. biography. He grew up on a farm. Uh, he, was in a, he lived in a time of the French Revolution. The church was decimated. Um, you, you couldn't enter seminary, basically. Mm. And so he lo- and schools were disrupted. At, well, much worse than they are now. Uh, but you get a sense now of how disruptive things can be when you can't be in person at a school. And um, so it said that uh, something about how, oh, his spade was bright and shiny because he was using it every day, digging in the dirt. Oh. But his brain was rusty. Hmm. St. John Vianney, the patron saint of parish priests. Uh, his brain was too rusty to learn the Latin and do well in the training for, uh, for theology uh, at the start. Uh, but somehow he made it through. He started at 20 years old. Hmm. It's like his classmates were 12 and 13. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> kind of how I felt. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, another one of those journeys that wasn't just a straight shot. Um, yeah, but he became a great, great saint. And and so you wonder, are, are those twists and turns, you know, we have free will, we, we can make some decisions, good ones and bad ones. Are those twists and turns orchestrated, or does God just use them and, and, and overcome them? I imagine it's both, but you know. But mm-hmm. but when you when one looks at their own lives, their own okay, I, I probably shouldn't have done this, <laughs> but if I hadn't done this, I wouldn't be doing this. You know, I mean, is was, did did God get me that way, and and uh, so that I would find this direction, or did He just use that? And yeah, that's hmm. a great uh, that's a great question. I, the personally in my own life, it feels like God has a lot. To, to overcome <laughs> rather than me just cooperating easily yeah. and saying yeah. yes let's oh. do that yeah um i hope that it's getting less uh, less in my life but it is it's pretty remarkable um even through the the poor choices we make that who is it saint augustine that said that god is so good that um he can make things with his grace better than had we not sinned in the in the first mm-hmm. place that's mm-hmm. pretty that's like provocative and a powerful statement to consider. Um, oh, happy fault. Oh, happy fault. Oh, necessary yeah. sin of Adam. Yeah. Right. Not that he asks, he doesn't want us to sin, but he can use... No. Yeah, when you repent and turn back, there is such a great... Um, there's so much that he can do there. Well, what would we know of his mercy mm. if we didn't need it so badly? Mm. You know? I mean, what? how, how could we uh, uh, not only appreciate it in our own heart, but teach it to others you know about right. the mercy of god and you know it's 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 one of those things these twists and turns and even our faults and our weaknesses use them to we're not going to learn humility just from a book we're going to no. learn it through experience right right and compassion and reliance on god mm-hmm. you know, through experience so you know i just i can't help it um saint john vianney so it said that well his spade shone thanks to constant handling his memory had become rusty um and I just, I, I have to share this. Maybe it's because his um, teacher, when he was young, he said, the author says, he forgot the scanty notions of grammar which he had assimilated in the school of the citizen named D-U-M-A-S. How would you say? I think Dumas. <laughs> Dumas. And it seemed a desperate undertaking to tackle Latin syntax when he was ignorant of the grammar of his native tongue. But then he had a classmate, speaking of people repenting, he had a classmate whose name was Matthias Loris. Hmm. There's a college, actually, in Iowa, 
named Loris. Hmm. Mm. But this this twelve year old who had this twenty year old guy learning next to him, this big burly farmer, um, well, relatively burly compared to the twelve year old. Um, he was trying to help him to get some of this Latin and memorize some words, and he got so frustrated, this young Matthias, this 12-year-old, that <laughs> said that he boxed young John Vianney's ears. He boxed his ears, whatever that means. <laughs> and uh, anyway, they reconciled. I've always wondered what that meant. I've heard that expression. I'm like, what Someone does has that to look mean, that up. really? Thank you. Just, just anyway, kind of a he bang got, on each side? He got, so imp- he got so irritated that he like insulted, and they made fun of him. He laughed. said they laughed in their sleeves at... John Vianney and, mm-hmm. um, well, young Matthias. I mean, he repented, but he ended up becoming the bishop of Dubuque. I think he was the founding bishop of Dubuque, Iowa. He was a missionary, mm-hmm. and uh, and apparently there's a note here that he was so known for his holiness that uh, many people being confirmed in the 1920s took his name as a patron. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, a, a twist and turn. The guy that beat a future saint's <laughs> ears, mm-hmm. boxed his ears, mm-hmm. made fun of him. He he overcame that. He repented. He he grew and became a holy bishop himself hmm. in Iowa, of all places. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Do you have some comments for our listeners in Iowa, Father? <laughs> <clears throat> no, Father comment. Daniel Weiske. You should direct your <laughs> letters to St. Andrew's Church. Think my great grandparents. <laughs> I think some of my great grandparents lived there yeah. before they moved. <laughs> We love Iowa. We do love Iowa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do. Oh, it's yeah. one of my top 60 states. Uh, <laughs> what? I love bacon. Um, mm. I love ham. Basically anything from the hog is... Uh, and so if you've driven through Iowa, right. you know footballs. that in the, in the summertime, <laughs> footballs, yes. The source of all goodness, huh? Yeah. Okay. A lot of that's, hog farms there. That's great. That's great. <laughs> Thanks. You didn't go on vacation there, I noticed, though. You had a couple days of vacation. You, you know, didn't go to Iowa. I, let me say this. I, did, I was living in Duluth, Minnesota at the time, and I had a very good friend that I grew up with that lived in Mount Pleasant, Iowa, mm. southeast corner of mm. Iowa. And mm-hmm. we actually did go down for several days. Uh, we went boating um, in a lake that actually the fish were jumping out of it. Now, this is prior to Asian carp. So I don't know what these things were, but you're water skiing and kind of getting hit by fish. Um, it was a remarkable experience. I bet this qualifies as banter. Huh? I think Do so. Think <laughs> I think you have earned the title of Banter Master. But now we're bringing it back full circle because vacation is uh, what you just came back from and where you wore your sandals. and The Apostle Islands. Oh, uh, wow. You went to the Apostle we, Islands. Where we visited, yes. In Lake Superior. Yep. Mm-hmm. It was kind of interesting. There's 22 islands, um, and how they named them the Apostle. It was a point of discussion in the car mm-hmm. on the way out there. Mm-hmm. So I was going there, too. There are 12 or 22. Yeah. 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 So, but apparently, they when they founded were founding areas, they were giving things holy names. Mm-hmm. Um, so, apparently, irrespective of... Or maybe folks just weren't counting well mm-hmm. when... Mm-hmm. Or there were some Could islands be. that they didn't... Uncharted. Yeah, another missionary bishop, perhaps Bishop Berriga. Yes, perhaps it was him. <laughs> yep, mm-hmm. could have been. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yep. Well, good. Well, it is good that we have come full circle in our journey here, through its twists and turns, through its moments good, of darkness, huh? and its uh, hope of finding some light. And um, it's good to have you back, Mr. Dan Johnson. Yeah, it Everyone's is good to have you here. It's good to happy be back. to have the, the trifecta. Do it again next month, maybe, huh? All right. 
Well, that wraps up our uh, intellectual banter segment. I'm Deacon Dan Goshi, along with Father Daniel Weiske and Dan Johnson, the most Mr. Dan Johnson. Up next, we're going to chat with a seminarian and his uh, dad, who was in formation for the permanent diaconate, and later, what it's, what's it like to have a deacon for a dad? What's his dad's More name? More real, huh? Oh, we'll, we'll get to that. More Real Presence Live in just a moment. <laughs> 